1: What's happening, everybody? Welcome into ACC Tailgate on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wolver and Gold. Welcome in. If you're new here, uh, this is the place for all things ACC here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, You know, we get into other things as well. In fact, this is probably one of the few shows that's dedicated to something you know, in our case, the ACC, but we go literally all over the place, anything else. Uh, and I, I can see here how red my face actually is. Got a lot of sun this weekend, was out at a, helping run a baseball tournament. Uh, got a lot of sun right on top of me, so I'm better, I'm more red than I thought. Um, but yeah, welcome in, hope you're doing well. Uh, welcome in to anybody new, welcome into our regulars. Uh, do get in on the comments, we, I love comments around here. Uh, I respond to all of you. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, live here on air. I'll feature your comment, put it right here where my name currently is and we will discuss things um, authentically right here on air. That's the thing I love about the comments is you know a lot of times it's stuff I didn't plan to get into, maybe stuff something I didn't even think to get into. and you guys always go a long way in kind of getting me into another direction kind of right here on air. So uh, but you can. Uh, catches here Tuesdays and Thursdays, right here on Chris Landry. Football, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, here lately, the last couple of weeks, it's really only been Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time just because a lot of things have been going on with me where I haven't been able to do a Thursday show because uh, I've been on the road a lot here lately for a lot of different things. Um, but as we get closer and closer to the football season and get into the football season and basketball, which is obviously a long ways off. In other words, when we're in season, we're here Tuesdays, Thursdays, right on schedule, um, period. So as we get closer to the football season, uh, we will be back to our regular, you know, kind of set-in-stone schedule. Um, let me get my thing up here. Boom. There we go. Looking good. Uh, so today, first off, i gotta got to get into this. Some A.C.s. Obviously got to get into this because, one – This is an ACC show, and two, um, I played baseball for 18 of my 25 years on this planet. So, uh, now, the fact that it was Duke who won the ACC tournament in baseball uh, down in Charlotte this weekend doesn't make this a great topic for me because I'm a Carolina fan, as you see there. Um, That's one thing, if you're new here, um, I keep it real. You know, I don't pander to anybody. I don't pander to what you want to hear. I don't pander to what somebody else wants to like I tell it like it is. I tell it how I'm feeling it. You know, i I'm I'm objective, but I'm a Carolina fan, and I'll keep it real with you about that. I got my Carolina goggles here, got my objective goggles here, and I know when to use both. And I will I do use both. So Duke won their first um, They won their first ACC title in program history. I mean, obviously, Duke is not historically a baseball school. They're historically a lacrosse and basketball school. Uh, Sure as hell not historically a football school. Uh, We'll get into that here in a little while. But, yeah, Duke won their first uh, ACC title in program history. Coach Pollard, uh, the head coach of the Blue Devils. Uh, I don't remember what year he took the job. Over there, but kind of giving you a little bit of background here. So, so Duke, NC State, they uh, faced off for the championship. I uh, should say you had a nice little crosstown rivalry, NC State and Raleigh. Uh, uh, Duke just up the road about a half hour in Durham. I would know because that's where I spent my college years. That's where I spent my internship year. And here in about a month, I'll be moving. That's where I work. That's where I'll be moving to um, here, hopefully within the month. So it's very fitting for an ACC show that I will have three uh, Duke, Carolina, NC State, ACC schools right there around me. So we're better to host this uh, show. So Duke and NC State faced off. Duke won it one to nothing. Um, first one in program history. Coach Pollard, and to go back to giving a little background here, like I was saying, I did play baseball for 18 years, played all the way up to the Division three college level at William Peace University where I'm currently now, you know, doing starting my broadcasting career. Um, so on the showcase team or, uh, uh, the high school travel team, uh, that I played for back in the day, coach Pollard was currently at app state, which is where he came in from when he took the Duke job, did a great job over at app state, uh, completely turned that, uh, program into a legitimate threat in the FCS levels. Um. And I remember it specifically because you know I mean I, I I don't know Coach Pollard never met him I think I spoke with him one time I don't know him personally but he, he they recruited and signed like three of the guys that I was playing with on my travel team uh, over the course of those couple of years so I I'd been around Coach Pollard and 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 seen him kind of up close and you know off in the distance a little bit but I I knew he was really turning around that program over at App State. And when I heard he got the Duke job, uh, I was pretty not excited, obviously, because Duke can kiss my ass. But uh, I was happy for him because I, I knew what he'd done at App State, kind of saw it up close and personal from the inside at being a, a player. And I knew what he was, and I knew that, you know, historically Duke wasn't, a baseball school ha- kind of had a bad history with baseball, but I had a funny feeling that when Pollard got there, he was going to turn things around. Now it takes a couple of years. This is one thing. I think we know this because we watch it closely. And it's one thing I've definitely noticed. Uh, the more I've gotten into covering, you know, sports kind of more an inside look uh, at these things. It takes a couple of years to change a culture. Like it takes a couple of years when you've had a historically bad culture at something and you get a good uh, coach and coaching staff kind of in there that's you know going to change the culture, supposedly, it takes a couple of years to kind of infuse it into the program. We're seeing it now with Jeff Collins over at Georgia Tech. This is year three for him, and I think this is the year that it's going to pop, it's going to click, and they're going to make some legitimate strides. Um, Florida State – we're talking about football now. Uh, Florida State could have some steps like that, not as much as Georgia Tech, but it could happen. Um, it just, it takes a couple of years sometimes to really kind of see the fruits of your labor, essentially. So, you know, little by little, I mean, Duke was a legit, I mean, Duke really started making some noise last year, uh, if we're being completely honest. So that's when you really started to see it. And then, and right now they're arguably the hottest team in college baseball, you know, again, went to the ACC title game, won it all, one nothing, tight game, um, and won their first title in program history. So while Duke can suck it, I'm happy for Coach Pollard. So there's that to open things up here on ACC Tailgate. Um, So into what I have planned for the day. Just wanted to get into that because, you know, ACC, you know, and blah, 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 you know. Um, so today, as we get closer, we can smell it. We're not quite there yet. I was about to say not quite there year. Not quite there yet. Get a sip of coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, while we're not quite there yet, boy, we're getting close. We can, we're getting close enough to the football season where you can just smell it. You can smell the grass. You can smell the beer. You can smell... You can... S- You can smell it. I mean, I'm so jazzed up. I'm dropping my pen over here. Like, you can smell it. Um, And in that spirit, and I'm I'm excited for it for the sake of this show, Uh, you know, because obviously we're doing the show. We got stuff to get into and talk about. But there's just no time, you know, like, there's no better time to have shows and talk about stuff you cover than when you are in the heat of it and it's actually going on, you know. You know, an NBA person covering the NBA playoffs, you know, an MLB person covering the MLB playoffs, college football, ACC show covering the actual season, not just OTAs and this and that. Like, we need stuff to talk, and it's coming. Uh, and in that spirit, I wanted to get into today essentially projecting the starting quarterback for each ACC team. Because we, we, t- we talked about it, and it's not even so much a projection at this point. It was more of a projection if we would have done this maybe a month ago. It's, it's more of a kind of a foregone conclusion for the most part. Uh, there's some team – I mean, we talked about it. There's thir- I believe there's 13 returning starting quarterbacks in the ACC this year, uh, which is bonkers to me, and most of those guys are key guys for their teams. So, But there are a couple of key transfers, and we're going to get into that uh, along the way here. So we'll just start it off at the top with Boston College. So note – No shit. Their uh, their projected guy is going to be Phil Jurkovic. You know, was the guy last year. um, Had 2,558 yards last year, 17 touchdowns. His yardage there, that was 18th in the country, so not bad in the top 20. Uh, He's going to be the guy, and um, he's going to be a key component. I mean, you guys know this. Boston College, the stake that I put in the ground almost a year ago, maybe – eight, nine months ago when the season was kind of lit. We were about mid-late season last year, and it was very clear that Boston College was a force to be reckoned with, and they were on their way. Um, And um, the stake is still on the ground that I think they're going to enter the top 25 at some point this season, minimum. I I, I kind of think they're going to hang around there for a little while but they're going to enter the top 25 at some point this year that are going to take more strides forward. And to that point, I mean, coach Halfley said it when they first started their spring practices and then uh, had their spring game. I mean, he said you can just feel it like just the vibe out there felt even better than it did last year, which I'm sure that's going to be the case for most of these teams as we welcome in a few more viewers. Hello, how you doing? Um, I would say the case for most of these, much like NFL teams are finally going to have OTAs, which God, that's dangerous for t- people like the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. You know, what they were able to do in year one with Tom Brady and they didn't even have OTAs. So, and it's going to be the same for most of these college teams. You know, they they didn't get, you know, I, I, they didn't get spring fall practices last year. So, you know, they had Zoom calls and whatever stuff that way. I don't think they did any more than yet in that. So, I mean, across the board, the vibe is going to feel better. It's going to feel more like home. It's going to feel more natural. It's going to feel like, God, ah, we're back. This is normal. And I think this whole season is going to be a testament to that feeling o- across the board. Uh, we, you know, with full capacity and, and, and things of that nature, actually having the season when it's supposed to be had and, and just stuff like that. And uh, it's going to feel good. And I'm excited to share that with you guys this year, because again, this is our second season coming up in ACC football we started this show almost a year ago we're pushing a year I'll have to go back and look when our first show was I think this this might be our 40th show so pop bottles for whatever that's worth but uh yeah I think that this is either a 39th 40th 41st show somewhere in that line we we started this show opening week of the football season last year because I remember that was kind of the plan that uh, myself and Chris Landry kind of made. You know, he, he hit me up. Now we're doing. Now we're doing an origin story of the show. Uh, he hit me up, uh, wanted me to do an ACC show. Maybe a month before the season started. Uh, that's when I met Chris Landry, and the game plan was to start it either the week going in or the week of the first week of the season. So we're pushing a year uh, doing this show. But obviously, we know it was a COVID year, and, and and while we were graced with an incredible college football season, considering COVID and everything, I mean, it's even more than we could have ever asked for and probably expected, man, is it going to feel nice to share an actual regular college football season, an NFL season with you guys. I'm so excited. Can't wait to get into that. You know, I want to put a lot more into this show this coming year than I did last year and just make it so much better uh, for all of us, so... There, there's that wholesome moment, um, but get just getting back to I mean, Coach Halfley he he nailed it when he said it. Just the vibe felt really good out there for Boston College. So, you know, Phil Jerkovich is your guy. That's kind of a no brainer. And I'm telling you, Boston College is going to be dangerous this coming year. Uh, Pitt, their guys, obviously Kenny Pickett. One of the bigger announcements uh, of the ACC season or off season, I should say, was that Pickett was coming back. Uh, and not entering the NFL draft. He's going to play a senior season. You know, he, he is believed. I'm very intrigued by where he's going to end up, uh, in kind of the NFL draft conversation. Uh, I'm curious to see, uh, where that winds up for him because rumor has it. I mean, he's, and, and I, mean, I guess the proof is someone in the pudding. Rumor has, it, I mean, he's a pro level quarterback, um, whether he's a lottery pick quarterback, I don't know, but he is a pro level quarterback. And most of the success, even though it was kind of a roller coaster ride, you know, that started out good for Pitt last year, had Pickett, they were ranked in the top 25. Then he got hurt, they fell off, dipped into a valley, and then they started to come back up kind of the last little bit of the season when he got back in. I mean, when they're, I forget what the guy's name was now, maybe Barrett, I don't remember. He was not good. Um, you know, their best performances were with Pickett under center. So I'm interested to see where he gets. Now, obviously, I think Sam Howell is gonna win the Heisman trophy. I think that trophy has been calling his name ever since he got to Carolina. Not as in that I think Sam Howell should have won it the last two years, but I just ever since I saw what we were working with with Sam Howell, his freshman year, I'm like, okay, he's gonna win a Heisman at some point. And I think this is the year. I mean, I think this will be his last year at kind Carolina. Of He's going to enter the draft. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this coming draft. Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested to see where Kenny Pickett kind of ends up in both the Heisman and the NFL draft conversation. Um, and he was third in passing, you know, talking about how, uh, Howell. He was third in passing behind Lawrence and Howell. Uh, I don't know if it was last season because he didn't play full season, maybe in the year before that. Um But there's no active quarterback in the ACC that's thrown more passes uh, than Kenny Pickett. So I'm I'm fascinated by this one. So here's another one I'm excited about. We were talking about Georgia Tech just a little while ago. Jeff Sims, he's your guy for Georgia Tech. He's a redshirt freshman. He played his actual freshman season last year. But, you know, obviously they all get a year back because of COVID and all that. So he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year. He's your guy. I think Georgia Tech may have the most challenging season in college football, not just the ACC. I mean, they got some dogs in that lineup. I mean, they go—they are going up against some bosses, you know, the boss battles when you play video games. They got some bo- – half their season is boss matchups. Like, they got Carolina, Clemson – I don't have it in front of me. Carolina, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia to wrap it up. They got some dogs in that lineup. So – uh, he took the most snaps of a true freshman last year. Uh, he's He's got four of his O-line starters returning, so that's good. His accuracy needs a little bit of work, but I think that's something that they've been working on. You know, 40, 54.9 completion uh, percentage last year. That was 12th in the ACC, so not great there. That's his area he needs to work with. Everybody has that area. Um, that's his. So, But I'm telling you, I think between Coach Collins again still infusing that culture, that new culture into Georgia Tech. I think the fan base, low key, uh, is very excited. If you really kind of get into the trenches and listen and put your ear to the streets, I think you'll hear that. Uh, and then Jeff Sims, he's going to be a big uh, factor to that as well. Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest is a team that they had, uh, you know, the year prior to COVID. They were off to a nice season. I think they were undefeated there for a while. One-two losses there for a while. And then at the end of the season, they just kind of fell. Um, They lost Jamie Newman over that offseason. He transferred out for his senior year, wanted to have more of an NFL draft-worthy team to be playing for. I think he ended up going to Georgia. Um, But, uh, yeah. I mean, Sam Hartman is your guy there. He's a redshirt junior. Um, I mean, Wake Forest, so they're returning 20 of their 22 starters. One of the issues with Wake Forest last year is they played from behind most of the year. And I mean, when you're. I know the feeling just because it's like. I know as a tennis player, we're going to go there. I feel like a lot, because I'm trying to work on my game, I feel like a lot of the time. I'm playing from behind. It's like I don't start to really get a feel for the ball and keep the ball on the court and get my stroke going until, which is something I need to work on, kind of later at the end of the first set and the second set. And by then I'm already down 1-0 in the set count. So it's like playing against the wall and and playing from behind from the get, it's it's a tough thing to do. And Wake Forest did a lot of that last year. So that's something they're going to have to work on. Um, you know, the defense has had Hartman's number a lot of last year. Um, I'm curious to see what, I mean, because they had a little bit of a period last year where they kind of got a little spicy. They got a little hot, uh, kind of midway, a little bit past the halfway point of the year. They had a little stretch, not, not that was a threat to anybody because at that point it was too late, but it's like. I'm I'm intrigued by Wake Forest. I'm I'm curious to see because Hartman's been very reliable for them over the years. He he showed up uh, two years ago when Newman was out because of injury there for a little stretch. Hartman got in there and and sufficed. He did pretty well. So I'm I'm curious to see what uh, the Deeks going to end up doing with that. I mean through. 2,224 passing yards last year, 28th in the nation. So, that ain't too shabby. I think the biggest issue for Wake Forest last year was their defense. Their defense is going to need to show up in a big way this year. Um, you know, kind of going back to that point where they played behind a lot of the time. So, uh, Syracuse, and I'll be honest with you, some of these teams, I, I'm, I'm I'm very low knowledgeable on what's actually going on. Like, like for the bottom, seems like Syracuse, I ain't got a clue much of – what's going on down there. Probably need to do a little better job of that. Like Syracuse, Duke, I got no idea. But, that again, you, know, you guys know I keep it real with you. And if I don't know something, I'll just tell you I don't know. Um, which, hopefully, that makes me more credible when I'm talking about something I do know. So, I'm just, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. So, Garrett Schrader is probably going to be the guy. Uh, but my guess at Syracuse. He's a transfer in from Mississippi State. Um, he will have to win that job uh, from Tommy DeVito and Jacoby and Morgan. But I, from what little bit that I'm hearing, he should be the go-to guy. I mean, that's why he transferred in the first place. He is a mobile guy. He threw 14 touchdowns. He hasn't played since 2019. So that's kind of bottom line all I know at this point about Syracuse's situation. But I, do, I would expect Schrader to be the guy. Uh, for the Orange when they get it going up in the fall. NC State. This is one I kind of wanted to get into. Well, didn't want to get into because I'm a Carolina fan and anything NC State Duke makes me sick to my stomach. Duke makes me sick to my stomach. NC State doesn't make me sick to my stomach because they're, for the most part of my life, are a joke uh, in anything outside of women's basketball. Um, and I like that. So... <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, Devin, Le- Devin Leary, he'll be back. Um, and I do have some positive things, all, unfortunately, to say about NC State uh, football. They were, they were, again, and, and we, we talked about this when the season was over, they were one of the pleasant surprises. Not pleasant. Again, Carolina fan. They were one of the surprises of the ACC season. Boston College and NC State were for me personally. Um, You know, NC State coming out of a year in 2019 where it was just a constant quarterback carousel. Uh, um, Coach Dorn was definitely on the hot seat. I don't care what anybody says. Um, And my guess is they were going to give him one more year, a.k.a. 2020, the COVID year. Obviously, they didn't know it was COVID at the time, but... They, my guess is they gave him one more year to right the wrong, figure something out, or else he was probably gone. And the, and the reason they probably gave him that opportunity was because of his past history of success. Um. And they 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 did it. They they pulled it off last year, and you know they entered the twenty uh, the top twenty five for the first time since twenty eighteen, and then literally right as they were starting to heat up, one of the guys that were a big. Role in that, Devin Leary, their quarterback, he went down for the season. Um, literally the week that they entered the top 25, that was the game that he got hurt in, um, which you never want to see that. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I don't play around with. But he went down, they entered the top 25, and then that's when we beat their asses the very next week. We, as in the Tar Heels, That was a beautiful thing to watch, so we put them right back in their place. Uh, They fall out of the top 25, kind of fell down for a bit, but little did I know, or that probably most of us knew, they came right back in there without Devin Leary, got right back into the conversation, got hot again, entered the top 25 for the last couple of weeks of the season, and really pulled off an impressive season given the circumstances. So I say all that to say Leary is back. He's going to have a full spring, which was in progress, and fall practices coming up with their, with their second-year offensive coordinator, Tim Beck, which, again, going back to that theme of how OTAs for the NFL and spring-fall practices for college is really going to play a big role uh, with some of these teams. And I think one of the big ones is going to be NC State, Devin Leary, and Tim Beck working together. Uh, hmm. Given what they were able to pull off last year, I mean, Leary only got to play in four games last year. And they were still able to pull off a pretty solid season, again, given the circumstances. So, you know, we talk a lot about Clemson, obviously the favorite. Carolina right on their heels, more so than people give them credit. People that know what they're talking about will give them credit. Uh, shout out 24-7 sports. Um, Miami in the conversation, given the health of De'Ara King. Uh, and, and, you know, but NC State, low-key, quietly – NC State and Boston College is going to be right there. Right there. Ironically enough, the two surprises of last year, they're going to be right back in the conversation. Boston College is going to be better. I think NC State's going to be better. I think Boston College will be a little better than NC State, but they're both going to be right there waiting to strike on somebody. So keep an eye on those two teams. Louisville, it's going to be Malik Cunningham. That's your guy. Uh, He's a dual threat type of guy. He had... uh, had 609 rushing yards last year. Not too shabby. He struggled with turnovers, though. That's going to be his thing to work on. Um, this is year three with Scott Satterfield. Had a bad year last, and you know he he came in, you know, talking about uh, uh, uh Coach Pollard, Chris Pollard, uh, the Duke baseball coach who just won his ACC title. He transferred transferred in from App State. Scott Satterfield transferred in from App State to Louisville. Um, You know, year one, not bad. 2019 went 7-5, and beat a ranked Wake Forest, you know, number 19 Wake Forest when they were on that kind of hot part of their season. Year two last year, 4-7. and So not, last year was, you know, Louisville to me was disappointing last year because I thought they might take another step forward. I think, and Malik Cunningham is going to be a big part of whether or not this happens, I think that teams like Florida State and Louisville and Georgia Tech are really going to take steps kind of out of the abyss of the lower part of the ACC this year. I really think that those are my three teams. Like, while NC State and Boston College are my two teams that I think are going to really take more steps forward after they took step fours last year, I think uh, Louisville, Florida, Florida State, And Georgia Tech are going to be the three teams that are hot on my mind that are going to really take steps forward, kind of like Boston College and NC State did last year. Uh, That's what I'm feeling there. So, I know you're stunned uh, to hear this, but DJ Young, I'm going to get it right, DJ young Lale got it right that time. I know you're stunned to hear this, but he's going to be the guy for Clemson. Uh, I mean, he showed his stuff last year. And, they, yes, that was sarcasm a minute ago. I know you're not stunned. Clemson ain't going anywhere. Um, now, I believe that Clemson got exposed the last two years in the trenches, and their secondary got exposed by Ohio State Justin Fields uh, in the semi this past year. Now, obviously, rightfully so, LSU exposed them because they were the most offensively elite college football team maybe ever. So that's okay. But, la- again, last year to Ohio State, obviously they were good. But you've gotten exposed twice in the playoffs now. So, which obviously that has nothing to do with DJ young But um, Clemson's not going anywhere. They've got their next guy. I mean, Clemson is really becoming a quarterback machine. I mean, it started re- really Taj Boyd back in, you know, the 2012-ish, 13 years. I think that's when he played. He's kind of what started Clemson as we know it. Taj Boyd was kind of the first one to come through. Then it was Deshaun Watson. Then it was Trevor Lawrence. And now it's DJ Young-a-lale. Uh I mean, the dude showed you what he's got against an up-and-coming Boston College team. He had two starts last year Was the up-and-coming Boston College team, which Gave him some fits. Clemson pulled it out, but they gave him some fits that game. And then obviously the primetime showdown against Notre Dame the next week, where they went double OT or however many OTs that was. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame pulled that one out. But DJ threw for like almost 500 years. I mean, a ridiculous. Now, again, overtime will add to that. But the point is, he showed you what he's got. It was a primetime game, you know, two against three, I believe that was. So Clemson ain't going anywhere. But Carolina ain't as far behind, as you think, as the king, potentially. It's still Clemson's the king of the ACC, but Carolina is not that far behind. Um, running out of time here. Uh, let me just run through, and, and, and for the most part, the rest are teams that are kind of like, eh, eh. Uh, UVA is probably going to be Brennan Armstrong. Um you know, he's very good improv with his legs. He's good to get out of bad situation, bad play. So, Brendan Armstrong is probably going to be your guy there. Uh, you know, he made his presence known for UVA last year. That's another team I'm kind of curious what they're going to do. Virginia Tech, it's going to be Braxton Burmeister. He's a fourth-year junior. Um, you know, I would say this is probably the first time in several years that Virginia Tech isn't going to have some quarterback controversy going into the season. Braxton Burmeister is the guy, you know, because – uh um, I don't think Knox Kadem is gonna. I don't. I don't think he's gonna put up much competition for that spot from Burmeister, um, and obviously Henan Hooker is gone. He had transferred out, and you know it was kind of Burmeister and Hooker kind of trading time at that spot last year, given the situation. So Burmeister's your guy. I, I'm curious to see what Virginia Tech is going to do because, cu- quite frankly, they're 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 coming out of they're a mess. They're a mess right now. I mean, they've been a mess really for the last several years. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think uh, Coach Fuente is uh, – he's on, He's against the wall. They gave him another shot, but believe me, that fan base, most of them are already kind of like they're, – they're already kind of get rid of him. But he cannot afford to have another season – a mediocre season to really even an average season won't do it. He's, he's got to do something different this year or else he might be, they might raise money to buy him out over there. So I'll say about that. Um, Duke, I have no idea. I have no idea who's going to the starting spot there. I have no idea what's going on. Um, it's one of the few teams, and again, we we're talking about all these returners. Uh, this is one of the few teams where I they actually have a legitimate competition uh, at quarterback, I mean, you got Luca Diamond, He's a redshirt freshman. Robert Nelson. He's a senior. Gunnar Holmberg. He he's supposedly the the favorite to get the spot. He's a redshirt junior. Uh, and then Gavin Spurrier Jr. Uh, is potentially going to be Holmberg. I, I have heard a little bit of that, but that's one of the few teams where there is actually a quarterback competition. Um, you know, because Chase Bryce, he, he actually you're talking about people transferring from App State to the ACC. Chase Bryce, the Clemson transfer who was the quarterback for Duke last year, he transferred out to App State uh, because he thinks that's a better fit for him. And I actually agree. I think App State's going to be really good again next year. They're all, they're <laughs> they're building something nice over there. Um, Miami, it's Derek King. It's one of the no-brainers here. You know, a, a, a big – factor of the success of their year is going to be how how I assume he's going to be healthy uh, uh opening night can he stay healthy that's the key you know Derek King and obviously him coming back I think the two biggest announcements of the offseason was can he pick it coming back for Pitt and even more so Derek King coming back uh for Miami so his health is going to be big and really just the defense for Miami is going to be big because that's what they're historically known for, and their and their defense, quite frankly, last year was trash. They gave up an average of twenty-one points a game. The only game that they held a team to single digits was when they played Duke, and they held them to a goose egg. But it's Duke, so nobody cares. So, but but rumor has it that so far in the spring that their their defense has been looking better, and it's been looking faster and quicker. So, Miami, you know, I, I think Carolina is easily right there at second. Uh, to Clemson, Miami. Given the health of De'Arcy King and how the defense comes along, it may not be that far behind. So, and last but not least for the returners, Sam Howell, Carolina dropping things on me. Uh, no shit, like it, it's it's Sam Howell. That's a given. Uh, the two transfers <clears throat> that are most intriguing to me, I saved them for last. We got about. Two minutes, and we got to get out of here because uh, Chuck Oliver's coming up next. Mackenzie um, Milk, Mil- I was about to call him Milken. Mackenzie Milton for Florida State, and Jack Cone for Notre Dame. Those are the two that intrigues me the most. Mackenzie Milton, uh, he's transferring in from UCF. He hasn't played since a leg injury kept uh, kept him out. He's had that in 2018, so it's been a few years, but. When he, when he was under center for UCF, that's when UCF went on that 2017 undefeated run. He had 4,037 yards that year, 37 TDs, 613 rushing yards, eight scores rushing. So, and, and Florida State's, again, one of my teams, and I think they're going to come out of the abyss of the ACC this year. Uh, I, I believe in Coach Norville um, until he gives me a reason not to. I think this year will play a, a factor in that potentially. Uh, I think this could be an interesting year for Florida State. And then Jack Cohn, uh, my theory is that UNC is basically going to trade spots with Notre Dame, you know, whereas Notre Dame was kind of the easily, you know, they eventually finally emerged as the obvious second best in the ACC with Carolina kind of right there at three. I think they're going to trade spots, although I think Miami is going to be in the mix for that spot as well. But I think Carolina and Notre Dame flip spots, and I think Carolina is going to be the obvious favorite. Uh, to potentially dethrone Clemson. Um, Jack Cone, he led Wisconsin to the Big Ten title game and the Rose Bowl uh, in his first year as a starter with Wisconsin. So he's got experience in big games. Notre Dame, they've got good receivers coming back. That's a factor. And when you've given the fact that Jack Coney's known for having pretty good touch on deep balls and outside balls to the outside of the numbers, that's going to be big. Uh, I think he's going to take leadership of that locker room. He's not fast, but he can use his legs well when he needs to. Um, And he's poised in the pocket. So, Notre Dame, I I wasn't sure, maybe because I wasn't educated on it, but as I've kind of looked into it more and more and and watched some film, I think Notre Dame is going to be kind of right back into the mix. I don't think they're going to be what they were last year, but they're going to be right there at the top echelon of the ACC. So, with that said, that's a show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. That was a lot in a short amount of time, about a half hour show. Uh, but I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate all our podcast listeners, our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the football season. I'm excited to get it riled up. Uh, and it's going to be even better. It's just going to get better and better the closer we get. We should be here uh, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here. On Chris Landry football Chuck Oliver is coming up next so be sure to get in on that and uh, until Thursday hopefully we'll see you next time